Listening to Embrace Your Beautiful Destiny, a show where we will talk about finding beauty in the most unconventional places in our lives. So every week we'll talk about dealing with disappointment or overcoming frustration, dealing with stuff that just gets under your skin and derails you. We'll also have amazing guests on here that will be sharing their stories. So I'm your host, Shanna Strange. Let's dive in. Hello, I'm so glad you're back with me to spend about 30 minutes with me. And I'm telling you, just 30 minutes, I'm going to encourage you. Uh, I might bring some conviction. The Lord might bring some conviction, let me say that. But, uh, you know, once he brings conviction, it brings revelation. And maybe we need to do a little repenting or whatever. But we realign ourselves with him and we are encouraged. And so what's been on my heart is uh, talking about something we need to stop doing immediately. If we want to move forward with the Lord and our calling and our destiny, we have got to stop doing this thing, and it's complaining. You guys, I know it can be a struggle to stop complaining if it's something that you got into the habit of doing, and I can totally relate to that because I grew up, looking at everything and looking for what was wrong and then complaining about the thing that I saw that was wrong in my life. Um, always seeing the negative. And that's a habit you can get into. Okay, so that's, yeah, that's, that's a personality flaw, but you develop that. So guess what? You can undevelop that and you could put something far better in its place, something that's going to please the Lord. So I want to bring in, just bear with me today, if you have a pen and notepad or your phone, you need to make some notes because I'm going to be digging into some scriptures today, and it's quite a bit, but I'm going to tell you, I think it's going to bring freedom to all of us. Um, I've been so convicted about complaining and how it's such a sin. <laughs> it's just a sin, but I want to just uh, first reference someone um his name is John Paul Jackson. I believe that's his name. I probably got it wrong. I probably butchered it. But uh, he he is actually past passed away now. But he used to be a, a prophetic voice, and he had a very profound ministry. And he has like, and he still has like. There's a whole academy that he developed that people are still running. Um, his legacy is is just incredible. But he was a godly man who had a prophetic gift. And he interpreted dreams a lot and things like that. And so I was watching him on an interview on YouTube. This is probably like seven or eight years old. And they said, what is the one thing that you think can hold someone back in like fulfilling their calling? And he said, oh yeah, complaining. He said, complaining is going to be the one thing that can really hold someone back from their destiny. And I was just so... um, honestly just convicted by that and felt like oh my gosh this is an area that I've struggled with pretty much all my life but it's just gotten very real to me lately I guess so much so because we are living through just these crazy times with COVID we've got the protesting going on we've got the rioting we've got um you know just violence in the cities um almost afraid to go out we're all being forced to wear masks 
Um, just the things that are happening right now are, are things that have never happened in my lifetime. Um, and, and it's just overwhelming. And so it can be really easy to just fall into the trap of complaining, to look at everything around me right now and start complaining about it. But if we really, really understood what was going on, we would see there's something much larger at work right now that God is doing. Yes, this is uncomfortable. This season, none of us like it. We all wish it would just hurry up and get over with, right? We, do. we don't want to walk through this. We don't want to live through this. But God has an agenda, just like Satan has an agenda to destroy everything. God has an agenda in this season to bring about true repentance and change. And I believe another great awakening, probably the last great awakening. So is it, is it okay with us? You know, think about it this way. Is it okay with you if you have to be a little uncomfortable? If like, I don't know, 500 million people get saved because of this situation, does that change the way you feel about it, the way you perceive this? That, yes, you have to go through some inconveniences, but hey, there could be millions of people that get saved from this. This could create a revival like we've never seen in our lifetime. And so complaining about it is only going to grieve the Holy Spirit. It's going to grieve the heart of the Father. And we don't want that, right? We don't want it. So. We are in a situation that I think is very similar spiritually that the Israelites were in when God brought them out of Egypt and the great exodus that he performed, the miracles that he performed. So think about that for a minute. I'm going to actually pick up a number, so we're actually going to bypass exodus. But if you know the story of the Israelites, if you don't go back and read exodus, God miraculously saved them, brought them out with silver and gold, brought them out with everything they needed. And then they get into the wilderness and things don't go the, the way that they think they should. And so they begin to grumble and complain. So we're going to pick up in Numbers 11. Uh, okay, so here we go. Soon the people begin to complain about their hardship. And here's what I want you to listen to. And the Lord heard everything they said. The Lord heard everything they said. Then the Lord's anger blazed against them, and he sent a fire to rage among them, and he destroyed some of the people in the outskirts of the camp. Then the people screamed to Moses for help, and when he prayed to the Lord, the fire stopped. After that, the area was known as Tibera, which means the place of burning, because fire from the Lord had burned among them there. Whew. Then the foreign rabble who were traveling with, with the Israelites began to crave the good things of Egypt. And the people of Israel also began to complain. Oh, for some meat, they exclaimed. We remember the fish we used to eat for free in Egypt. And we had all the cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions, and garlic we wanted. Oh, but here, here's my side note. They also aren't remembering that they were slaves in Egypt. Okay, they were slaves, mistreated, abused. And now let's keep going. But now our appetites are gone. All we ever see is this manna. The manna looked like small coriander seeds, and it was pale yellow like gum resin. The people would go out and gather it from the ground. They made flour by grinding it with hand mills or pounding it into mortars. Then they boiled it in a pot and made it into flat cakes. These cakes tasted like pastries baked with olive oil. The manna came down on the camp when the dew 
with the dew during the, during the night. Moses heard all the families standing in the doorways of their tents whining, and the Lord became extremely angry. Moses was also very aggravated, and Moses said to the Lord, Why are you treating me, your servant, so harshly? Have mercy on me. What did I do to deserve this burden of all these people? Did I give birth to them? Did I bring them into the world? <laughs> Moses is grappling to, Why did you tell me to carry them in my arms like a mother carries a nursing baby? How can I carry them to the land? Uh, you swore to give their ancestors. Where am I supposed to get meat for all these people? They keep whining to me, saying, give us meat to eat. I can't carry all these people by myself. The load is far too heavy. Is this how you intend to treat me? Just go ahead and kill me. Do me a favor and spare me this misery. Okay, and then, you know, the story keeps going. God chooses uh, 70 leaders for Moses to appoint to help him. Uh, but the grappling and complaining doesn't stop. It just keeps going the whole time. The whole time they are in the wilderness, they never <clears throat> stop complaining. They never do. And it's so bad that God sends fires. Uh, one time he sends snakes to bite them. Um, they just won't stop complaining to the Lord. And and what I realize about this, that I don't know that anybody really says this out loud. But you know what I'm kind of looking at this, reading it, and going, you know what? Complaining is a sin. <laughs> Complaining is a sin. Is it one of the Ten Commandments? No, but is it a sin? Yes, it's obviously a sin, or God wouldn't be sending fire down on people and killing them. I mean, this is a big deal to him to speak against him like that is a sinful way of, and it's actually the very same thing that Satan did, just, you know, speaking accusations against God. And I really think it's fueled by entitlement. It's fueled by entitlement. You owe me something. And because you owe me something, I'm going to complain about it. I'm going to be angry and I'm going to hurl accusations at you. Entitlement is a sin, y'all. God doesn't owe, I'm going to say this right off the bat, God doesn't owe us anything. He doesn't owe us anything. He didn't even know his son. He just gave that out of who he is, the abundance of love that he is and his goodness. He didn't owe that to us. And, you know, he really doesn't owe us anything now. He's given his son and we're still complaining. We're still angry. Oh, I'm having to be inconvenienced. I'm going to complain about that a little bit. This is just a an outright attack against the Lord. So I'm just going to call what it is. Complaining is a sin. I want to look at, um, that's number one, by the way. I've got, uh, what I'm going to say is about six points. So number one is that complaining is a sin. I want to take a look at Numbers 21 real quick. So bear with me as I jump over to Numbers 21. And I'm hoping that you're flipping through your Bible. Yeah, Numbers 21. Okay. Hmm. And the people of Israel set out. This is verse four. Uh, yeah, verse four. And the people of Israel set out from Mount Hor, taking the road to the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. But the people grew impatient with the long journey, and they began to speak against God and Moses. 
Here they go again. Why have you brought us out of Egypt to die here in the wilderness? So they're making these assumptions that God is trying to kill them in the wilderness. <clears throat> they complained. <clears throat> there is nothing to eat here and nothing to drink. And we hate this horrible manna. So that's a lie. They do have food to eat. And God is providing them with drink. So the Lord sent poisonous snakes among the people. And many were bitten and died. Then the people came to Moses. Here they go again. And cried out, we have sinned by speaking against the Lord and you. Oh, really? You think? Pray that the Lord will take away the snakes. So Moses prayed for the people. Then the Lord told him, make a replica of a poisonous snake and attach it to a pole. All who are bitten will live if they simply look at it. So Moses made a snake out of bronze and attached it to a pole. Then anyone who is bitten by a snake could look at the bronze snake and be healed. So, I mean, they kind of shut up for a little while and stopped complaining. But it's just like insane. So I want to point out something to you in verse 4 at the end of that. But the people were impatient with the long journey, and they began to speak against God and Moses. So um, I'm going to tell you something that uh, not many people will tell you. If God has given you a mandate on your life, he's called you to do something great, and I think we're all called to do something great. That's the beauty of, of, uh, of um, what Jesus wants to do through all of us is we're all called to something beautiful and great. Um, that may look different, right? But especially if you're called to do something with your life that's going to really influence a lot of people, okay? Um, it's going to be, it's not going to be easy and it's going to take some time. And one of the biggest temptations that you're going to face is to speak against God and complain when things take a long time. So it says they grew impatient with the long journey. This was a long journey. We all know, according to scripture, that it was only an 11-day journey. But because they wouldn't stop complaining, and because of the hardness of their heart, they weren't able to, to do the journey in 11 days. And that's, there's also scripture that says God didn't take them the quick route because there were adversaries on that route that would have destroyed them. They were not capable of fighting. Think about this. They had just come out of slavery. They weren't military militarily trained, if that's even a word. They were just farmers and ranchers, and they were building whatever the Egyptians wanted them to build. They were not uh, men of war yet. So God's like, you know what? You can't do that yet, so I'm going to take you this direction. So Really, I think it was about character development. There was so much of Egypt that needed to come out of them that was going to take some time to do it. And they weren't ready. And so they were speaking against God. So, you know, complaining is a sin, but complaining is speaking against God. Let's call it what it really is. You're speaking against God when you complain. Oh, my gosh, have you ever thought about it that way? Like, this is totally an affront to the Spirit of God, who, by the way, is trying to help you, who's trying to uh, make all things come together, work together for your good. That's who he's, that's his nature. We know God is love. We know that he loves every single person on this planet, every single person that's ever lived or will live. His heart is to redeem them, to draw them back to him. His heart is not to hurt them. Anytime that we are complaining about a situation that we're having to go through, we're complaining against God himself. And you know what? 
God is using those situations to conform us to the image of his son. We need to be thanking God, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay. Complaining. This is number three. Complaining will cause our hearts to harden and we won't enter into the rest of God. Now, I'm going to read you Hebrews 3 really quick, which, by the way, uh, references Psalm 95. It's going to actually quote Psalm 95. So Hebrews 3, and you'll just be patient with me because, uh, and you're not going to complain. You're going to be like, you know what? I'm going to wait um, because that's the godly thing to do, right? Um, yeah. So today, okay, this is where he's, this is verse 7. And he starts quoting Psalms 95. This is why this is why the Holy Spirit says today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled, when they tested me in the wilderness. There your ancestors tested and tried my patience, and though they saw my miracles for forty years. So I was angry with them. And I said, their hearts always turn away from me. They refuse to do what I tell them. So in my anger, I took an oath. They will never enter my place of rest. Be careful then, dear brothers and sisters. Make sure that you, your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving, turning you away from the living God. You must warn each other every day while it's still today so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. For if we are faithful to the end, trusting God just as firmly as when we first believed, we will share in all that belongs to Christ. Remember when it says today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled. And who was it who rebelled against God even though they heard his voice? Wasn't it the people Moses led out of Egypt? And who made God angry for 40 years? Wasn't it the people who sinned, whose corpses lay in the wilderness? And to whom was God speaking when he took an oath that they would never enter into his rest? Wasn't it the people who disobeyed him? So we see that because of their unbelief, they were not able to enter his rest. So they weren't able to enter his rest because of their unbelief. But can you see how it's connected to this complaining thing, this grumbling, this complaining because complaining will cause our hearts to harden and we won't enter into the rest of God. Complaining, this is number three, complaining will cause our hearts to become hardened and we won't enter into his rest. So when you complain, you're just rehearsing the negative things. You're saying them out loud and that's going to create, when you hear that audibly, it actually causes you to solidify that in your spirit. In your, in your soul, and you start to really, really say, you know, I actually believe this. This is bad. God is not, does not care about me. God is cruel. God is, you know, whatever the lies may be. You're rehearsing them, and you're causing your heart to get hardened. And because of that hardness of heart, you won't be able to enter into his rest. You won't be able to enter into all that he has for you. You won't be able to enter into your promised land. I don't know how else to say that. So, so let's re, rehash those three. Complaining is a sin. I'm just going to say it like it is. Complaining is, a, is speaking against God. Complaining will cause our hearts to harden and we won't enter into his rest. Mm. Y'all, I feel like I'm getting spanked. 
and I've already, you know, I've already studied this and I feel like I'm getting spanked again. Four, complaining blocks God's blessing. So that's just a spinoff of three. If I can't enter into his rest, then how in the world am I going to enter into his blessings? Right? <laughs> I mean, that's just a given. You know, I mean, you cannot be a person who complains constantly and expect to be blessed by God. It's just not going to happen because you're speaking the devil's language. You're not speaking God's language. Ooh, you're speaking the devil's language when you complain. You are not speaking God's language. Yet, and in number five, complaining causes us to get stuck. And that's what you see with the Israelites is they got stuck. They got stuck in the wilderness for 40 years, y'all. 40 years. But how many of us are stuck? In a in a place that God never intended, a wilderness place that God never intended us to be because we won't learn the lesson. And I'm going to tell you, this is where it starts. Stop complaining. If you do anything else, if you don't do anything else, do this one thing. Stop complaining. Stop it. I, I'm so going to write this down and rehearse this every day for myself because I'm telling you, this has not been... An easy lesson to learn is to stop complaining. I also also want to look at 1 Corinthians 10 a little bit because it's going to give a little more perspective about what we're talking about today and bring a little more clarity. Um, okay, so this is uh, Paul talking to the Corinthian church. Um, he says, these are lessons from Israel's idolatry. So we need to listen to this because he calls it idolatry. He calls uh, even their complaining idolatry because really what it was about was they wanted what they had and they had idolized uh, the Egyptian lifestyle, right? So this is what he says. I don't want you to forget, dear brothers and sisters, about our ancestors in the wilderness long ago. All of them were guided by cloud that moved ahead of them. And all of them walked through the sea on dry ground. Y'all, do y'all realize what a miracle that would have been to see? In the cloud and in the sea, all of them were baptized as followers of Moses all of them ate the same spiritual food and all of them drank the same spiritual water for they drank from the spiritual rock that traveled with them. And that rock was Christ. Woo, that's good. Yet God was not pleased with most of them and their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. These things happened. Listen to this. These things happened as a warning to us so that we would not crave evil things as they did, or worship idols as some of them did. As the scriptures say, the people celebrated with feasting and drinking, and they indulged in pagan revelry. And we must not engage in sexual immorality, as some of them did, causing 23,000 of them to die in one day. Talk about God being hot about that. He did not like it. Nor should we put Christ to the test, as some of them did and then died from snake bites. Mm. And that's when they were grumbling and complaining, y'all. And that's what he says. And don't grumble, as some of them did and then were destroyed by the angel of death. These things happened to them as examples for us. They were written down to warn us who live at the end of the age. Uh, do y'all think we live at the end of the age? If Paul said we were living at the end of the age then, uh, I would say we're living at the end of the age right now. If you think you are standing strong, be careful not to fall. 
The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow that temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. And let me just make a footnote to this. Not that I my words are anything near as uh, powerful as what Paul is saying. Um, but what I am saying is that um, you're going to be tempted. And sometimes that temptation is to complain and grumble. But he is saying that there is a way of escape for you. And I'm going to talk about that escape here in just a minute. You don't have to complain just because you don't like what you're going through. Like you have a choice. You don't have to complain. It's totally up to you. Okay, so he's saying your your temptation is no different than anyone else's. So don't be, don't keep thinking that, oh my gosh, I have it so much worse. So my dear friends, flee from the worship of idols. Okay, we, we pretty much know that, right? We are not idol worshipers in the sense that they were. But we do idolize um, people. We do idolize ideologies. <laughs> uh, yeah, so let's just pick up right here. Um, okay, so I think that's really... Because he starts talking about food offered to idols, which is not really, I, I don't believe... Um, pertinent to this conversation but he does say in 31 so whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do do it all for the glory of God don't give offense to Jews or Gentiles or the church of God um, I just think that this is such a wonderful chapter and it would be great for you to study on your own because he really brings into perspective uh, the plight that the Israelites went through and how similar that is and how they went through that so that we would have an example of what not to do and I, um, I think that that's important. We can learn from their mistakes. We don't have to repeat them. We don't have to spend 40 years in some kind of spiritual wilderness because we won't learn to stop complaining and we won't stop. Um, we want to have this unbelieving heart. God wants us to be like a child before them, before him with our heart wide open and, and expecting of him. And, and even if I do have to walk through this season for four years, I still, or whatever years, it might be. I still have an expectation in my heart that says God is is amazing and beautiful and wonderful. And he wants to do something beautiful in my life right now in this wilderness. He's going to meet all my needs. He's going to take care of me. And I'm going to be so grateful and thankful for it. And that's where I want to end today. And you knew I was going to end up here. I mean, that would be stupid, right? To not end up here. I only have a couple minutes left. But I, I want to just, and that's really all I need. Because... I told you what not to do. Now I'm going to tell you what you need to do. So 1 Thessalonians 5.16 is a beautiful scripture. So let me just pull that up really quick. 1 Thessalonians 5.16. Yeah. So he's talking about the day of the Lord and all that. Um, but he comes down and he says, he starts talking about how we should live. How we should now live. That we know all these things. Always, he says in 16. Um, always be joyful, never stop praying, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. It's God's will for you uh, to be thankful in all circumstances. And there are many more scriptures that I could bring up about being thankful and having a heart of gratitude. And I just want to um, kind of challenge you to look up those scriptures, to look up those things. So you know, what I want to say is is the stop-start approach. The stop-start approach is this. 
if you want to change your life in an area, there are some things you have to stop doing and there are some things you have to start doing. So if you want to be happier, if you want to enjoy your life more, if you want to have joy, no matter what's going on, you're going to have to stop complaining and you're going to have to start thanking God. So every single time that you want to complain, here's what you do. You you might voice, okay, Lord, I, I'm really tired of this thing right here, but I want to thank you, God, that you're taking care of me, God, that you have made a, a way to provide for my family. Whatever the situation is, God, that you are changing me, that God, yes, I am tired of this, and I'm, I am going to say, I'm not going to lie about it, this is, I'm tired of this, but God, I'm thankful that you're changing me, God, that you're conforming me to the image of your son, that you're using this situation. And as you begin to express thanksgiving, it's crazy how the Holy Spirit will come into that prayer and he'll start to almost pray through you like the scripture says, how he prays through us when we don't even know what to pray. He'll start to help you release things, um, the thanksgiving that God's wanting from you. And I'm telling you, if you can learn this, it's going to change your life. It's going to change you know, you're going to go from a place of complaining and being the person that nobody wants to be around. You can learn how to be thankful and how to turn uh, turn the inconvenience that you're in into a prayer that's, that's thankful to God. It's going to change your personality in a good way. And people are going to be want to be around you because you're going to be a source of joy and encouragement for people. And so I just want to challenge you right now, wherever you are, to write down a prayer of thanksgiving to the Lord. In whatever areas you are uh, frustrated with, thank Him. Thank Him. I'm telling you, this is going to change your life. It has definitely changed mine and is constantly changing mine. Uh, even with COVID right now, being thankful, God, that you're realigning your people, you're realigning your body, God, you're bringing families together, right? Instead of being like, God, would you just please? I mean, I'm so sick of this. And then posting it on Facebook every five seconds or Instagram. That's not going to do anything, right? That's going to make it worse. So I hope that this message encourages you. And I will uh, see you guys again next week. God bless. Hey, are you a person that struggles with fear? If you are, you need to check out my 5-Day Fear Breakthrough Bootcamp. You can get it for free if you'll just go to my website, www.shannastrange.net. And just scroll down until you see the little graphic that says 5-Day Fear Breakthrough Bootcamp and sign up for free. Thanks, guys.